0: Hallelujah. We're all looking forward to Christmas, aren't we? Because uh, we remember, we remember the birth of, of Christ who come to be Savior and Lord. But I want you to to think a little bit this morning too about what it was, must have been like for the people of God as they awaited uh, the birth of the Messiah. You know, imagine what it was like for them. They were given the promises of God uh, in all the prophets from, from David, Isaiah, Malachi, thousands, uh, it was over at least a thousand years, prophecies of the Messiah were there, the Deliverer, the Savior, the one who was to come. And for many, many years, we're talking hundreds of years, the people prayed and the people waited, believing the promises of God. And I entitled this morning, Be a Believer. Be a believer and let your faith continue to grow. Praise the Lord. How many of you know that faith endures time? Faith should not fade away. Belief should not fade away as time passes. Our faith, we should be going, as the Bible says, from faith to faith. Amen. That means we we must be going upward, not downward. In our faith, in our love for the Lord, we must be going upward in loving God more and more, in loving one another more and more. Amen. We gotta be going on the increase in a lot of areas, not on the decrease. The only areas we decrease in is, is the areas that we used to walk in. Amen. I once did this, but now I've found, now that I'm saved, I, I changed and now I'm going in a new direction with the Lord. Amen. Imagine what it was like for the people of God who had the promises of God, uh, s- preached to them and spoken from Moses all the way through that the Messiah was going to come, that he was going to be the savior, the redeemer to deliver them from their sins and from the, the oppressions of life. Hmm? And they were living, uh, uh, under oppression for many, many years from From one rulers, they were fighting wars and and being subject to bondage and, and oppression. And yet, the God was telling them to keep the faith. Hold on, keep believing, keep believing, amen? And they kept believing God, that his word is true. How many of you know, believe God's word is true? What he said will come to pass. You know the word, that if God said it, He will bring it to pass, right? And if God spoke it, surely He's going to do it. Amen. Because Because the Bible says God is not a man that He should lie, neither the Son of Man that He should repent. If God said He's going to do it, He'll do it. What God looks to us to do is to say, Yes, Lord, I believe You, and I will stand firm and stand fast, no matter what the situation or circumstances of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, Malachi, uh, if you look in Malachi, it talks there that God was going to send a messenger to prepare the way of the Messiah. God always announces what he's going to do before he does it, doesn't he? God always gives us notice, advanced notice. And that's good. It's good to get advanced notice of things, right? God just doesn't surprise you with stuff. God gives through his word and through his prophets and through the men and women of God, he gives notice of what he was going to do. And in Malachi, God made clear to his people that before the Savior, before the Messiah comes, there's going to be a messenger who is going to go before him to be the what they call the forerunner, to announce that the Christ, the Messiah, is about to come. But there was no forerunner for many, many years. You know that, like I say, in the prophets that it was recorded, there was uh, many prophecies of him coming. Then how do you know that Malachi, from Malachi to the Gospels, there was a long stretch of period of 400 years where God was basically silent. There was nothing written between Malachi and the Gospels. And so there were many, many years where God prophesied but then there was a time of, of over 400 years before anything else was written or recorded in the Word of God. You know that? There was Malachi, and then 400 years later, about approximately, is when Christ, the Messiah, came onto the scene. And there was a, Isaiah chapter 9. It tells us that when he comes, he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and His kingdom will never end. The Savior was to be wonderful, to make you wonder. You know, sometimes you put that word together and think wonderful counselor, but He's wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. He, When Jesus comes into your life, when the Messiah, the Christ comes into your life, He will cause you to wonder. To wonder, not to doubt, but to wonder about his great love for you. You'll wonder, Lord, how could you love someone like me? You know all my ways. You know all my faults and feelings. And yet God loves you. God loved you even when you were an enemy against him. Even when you were walking in ways that that were against the word of God. The wonder of it all is that God loved you and God called you and God wanted to redeem you. God chose to love you. God chose to redeem you. God chose to make you His son and His daughter. And this is who the Messiah, the Savior, was to be. One filled with wonder of who God is and what God and the love of God for your life. For the Bible tells us that that for God loved us first, amen? That God's loved us first. It's not that we love God first. God first loved us. And so this Messiah, who the Savior, was going to be called Wonderful. And I'm telling you, if you're not still wondering about the awesome love of God and the care of God and the provision of God for your life, then we need to get to a place where where we start to wonder of the amazing love and the amazing grace of God. Never lose the wonder of God. Never lose the wonder of the one who loves you and who calls you by name every day. Never lose the wonder of the one who walks with you and talks with you. He's wonderful and he's counselor. He's the one who can guide us in the way we should go. Who else has the words, of the, the who else can guide us? He is the great shepherd who leads us on. So he's going to be our counselor. Who do we go to when we need advice? Who do we go to when our hearts are heavy, when our minds are confused? Who do we go to? We go to the wonderful one, to the counselor who has the counsel to guide us and put us in a good place. He's wonderful counselor, mighty God. Who can we draw strength from when we're weak, huh? None but mighty God. And God says, when you are weak, I am strong. This is who the Jewish people were looking for. The wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God. We needed him. And who else? The everlasting father. Isn't it good to have a father, one who watches over your life, who loves you and provides for you. Fathers love their children. Don't mess with children in front of their father. He will fight for them. Huh? And so God is calling us his sons and daughters and he's an everlasting father. You know what it means? It means that everlasting father, God is going to not walk out the door and abandon you tomorrow. No matter what you do, God is your everlasting Father who will stay with you day after day after day, who will pick you up when you fall, who will wash you clean when you get dirty. Your everlasting Father will provide for your needs because He's a good Father. Hallelujah. And He has all the resources to provide for you. Don't let the wonder of your everlasting Father ever go away from you. This is who they were looking for. These are the ones and the prince of peace. Hallelujah. Who could bring peace to our soul? Who could bring peace to our mind? but the Savior, but Jesus, but the Messiah, huh? Oh, and the peace that passeth all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Don't let the wonder of His peace over your life ever escape you. Don't let that wonder go away. It's wonder that He loves you, that He gives you peace of mind, peace of spirit, peace of soul, that He provides for you. And it says His kingdom will never end God will reign forever amen praise the Lord this is who the Bible prophesied was going to come and the Savior who the Messiah was going to be he was going to bring all these things and manifest them into the lives of people are you glad that he came are you glad that he's in your life that he's providing these wonderful things He's given them to you freely. Just believe. God wants us just to believe. And so they were waiting a long, long time. Like I say, from Malachi into the Gospels, there was nothing. But God was patient. Thank God for his patience. Thank God, I thank God for his patience over my life. Otherwise, I'd have been long gone, long time ago. Before I even got saved, God would have been fed up with me. But His patience, His patience, His long-suffering over our lives is wonderful. And God calls us to be patient and trust the Lord. Trust His Word. Be patient in waiting for the fulfillment of God's Word to us and for your life. You see, God said the Savior would come. And hundreds of years, thousand years passed, and yet they couldn't see the Messiah coming. And yet they were living lives and some of them lived and died and the Messiah didn't come. Some of them lived and died and the Messiah didn't come. And more lived and died and the Messiah didn't come. But the word kept going out. This is the promise of God. Wait on the Lord. This is the promise of God. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Continue to trust the word of the Lord. It is sure foundation. You know, Habakkuk tells us that Though the vision vision is for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. His word will be fulfilled over your life and everything that God said will surely come to pass. And so the people believed the Word of God and they waited, and they waited, and they waited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you believing God for something in your life? Have you been praying for something? Just wait on the Lord. Don't give up. Keep believing. Be patient with God. And in the fullness of time, God, when the time is right, God will manifest and answer Things And open up doors for you when time is right. God does not open up things when it's immature, when the timing is off. And so God said the time had to be right before Messiah, the Savior, can come. And He is the all-wise God. He knows why it had to be at a certain time in a certain way. Huh? We don't know it. We can't compute that stuff. We can't Google it and find out why God had to bring Jesus at a certain time. How do you know that? We don't have that. But God knew that at a certain time, because the Bible says, in the fullness of time, God sent, that means when God knew it was exact, perfect, right time, God sent His Son into the world. Amen? And when did Jesus come into the world? Well, Herod the Great was ruling. And Herod was, you know, he wasn't so great a guy. And so the people were living under Herod. And this is many years now since since the prophecies have come and yet people were still praying there was still a people who believed the Lord amen and under the time in the rule of reign and Herod there lived a man named Zechariah in in Luke chapter 1 if you look at the uh, the story there Zechariah and Elizabeth they were he was a priestly man. He was a priest of the Most High God. And the Bible tells us that they were righteous people. Meaning that they wanted to live for the, for the Lord. They believed the Lord. Now, Zacharias, being a priest, was a, was an honor and a privilege to be part of the priesthood that served in the, in the, in the tabernacle of the Lord. Amen? And Zechariah, being a priest, was one who was looked up to by people because he was a servant of God. He was called and chosen by God that he would be ordained, that he would be in the priesthood. And so the people who were outside looked to the priest as being in a special place with God. And they knew that God's hand was upon the priesthood. You know, the people of God believed that. And you know something? The Bible says that you are a holy nation and a royal priesthood. Do you know that people are looking to you, believing that God is, is handed upon your life? They might not say it to you, but they know that you're, that you're supposed to be serving God, walking with the Lord, and their eyes are upon you. The people looked at the priesthood. They looked at Zacharias, and they saw the way he ministered unto the Lord. People can tell when you are true and when you're not. And so as we live our lives as believers, we're living our lives serving God. How many of you know we're called to serve the Lord? If you're a believer, you're called to serve the Lord. How? Your whole life is a service to the Lord. And people watch what you do. People listen what you say. And our lives make a difference as we declare we are servants of God, people look at us, people listen to us to see what's going on in their life. What is their relationship with the Lord? How are they making it through these tough times? How are they reacting to different things? And so, Zechariah was a man who was a priest, and being a priest, he was educated. He was knowledgeable in the scriptures. Do you think Zacharias, as a priest, knew the the Word of God at that time? He didn't have the New Testament, did he? But did he have the the Old Testament? Yes, he did. Do you think he knew it? He had to know it, being a a priest of God. And being a priest of the Lord, being a holy priesthood, do we know the Word of God? Hmm? We should. The priesthood should know the Word of God. And that's why God challenges us to be diligent studiers of the Word of God. Because how can we say that we love God and we're servants of God if we do not know the Word of God? And So we're challenged to take up the Word of God. We're challenged to meditate on it, to study it, to read it, to get to know it. And that's how we do it. When we come to church, when we come to Sunday school, we're, we're absorbing the Word of God. We're learning. We are a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. And so just like Zechariah, he was required as a priest to know the, the word of the Lord and people expected him to know the word of the Lord. And so and learning is a process, isn't it? Learning is a process. And so a new priest isn't going to be expected to know as much as an older priest, is he? The older the priest, the more he should know the word of the Lord. But Zechariah knew enough of the the word, and Zechariah was an older gentleman. And he must have studied the word and knew the word and talked about the word for many, many years. And Zechariah was, uh, they say that there must have been around somewhere like 18,000. Those are estimates of of what the priesthood was. And you know the tabernacle of Moses, hmm? And there was, there was, you entered in, and there was a brazen altar, and then you went into the to the holy place, and and in there was uh, the holy of holies. But before that uh, was the, ta- the 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 the, the, the the table of incense, where the prayers of the people went up, and it had to be the priest that offered up the prayers of the people. But only once a year, one priest alone could enter in to the holy of holies. Only one. Out of the 18,000 priests, and how did they get to do that? They didn't get to do that by paying off somebody. You know, hey, I got some money. I want to go into the Holy of Holies this year. You know, come on. You know, hey, hey, hey. You know, I'll make you some nice pasta. You know, no. They drew, it was was by lots what they did. And out of the 18,000 priesthood, the ones who have not, who had not gone into the Holy of Holies they drew lots to see who that, in that time, who was going to enter into the Holy of Holies. It was an honor. It was one of the greatest privileges someone could have, but it was also one of the most sacred, one of the most holy places a person can be into the very presence of God. It was something that, that was came once in a lifetime. But thanks be to Jesus Christ, how do you know that you are in the presence of Almighty God every moment that you live, every day that you live, we people are in a place that that priesthood desired to be, in the presence of God Almighty. And how many of you know that we are in the presence of God, where now God tells us to come boldly before His throne. The priesthood of the day couldn't do that. They could only go according to the prescribed way, and only one priest at one time in the year could enter through that veil, and if they did not do it right the bells on their thing rang and they dropped dead and they were pulled out by a rope think about it it was an honor and a privilege but it also says that we can must approach god with reverence and with a holy attitude we are not to approach god irreverently pal buddy of mine god is god he is the lord of glory he's wonderful he wants us to come as sons and daughters but in a in an attitude of love and respect to rejoice before him. Amen. And so Zechariah was was there. And Zechariah and his wife uh, they were old and they've been praying. They've been praying for a child and they were righteous people. They were believers. They were lovers of God and they prayed day after day, year after year they prayed, Lord, give us a child. Lord, give us a child. And the prayer seemed like it was just bouncing off of heaven, that it was just not being answered. And why? You think God said, oh, you're not good enough? No. God wanted to honor him. You know, sometimes you wonder, why doesn't God do this for them? Why isn't God doing this and bringing the answer? Because God has something in store. See, we can't judge a person. There might have been people saying, hey, look at Zachariah and Elizabeth. They've been praying for a kid for a long time and guess what? Nothing. I wonder what's going on in their life. huh? You think people thought like that? I guarantee you some did. Absolutely. That's the way people think. but there's others that might have said, well we don't know what God has in store for Zachariah and Elizabeth. And that's why you can't look. we cannot look at someone and say, well, because their prayer isn't answered, something must be wrong in their life, no? Something must be great in their life. Something could be, God might have a great thing in store for you. And so they prayed, they prayed, they prayed, and they lived for the Lord. And now when they're old, Zacharias, every year that he went, he was a priest for many years, and every year he went, he was waiting for, hoping and praying that his lot would come so that he could be, the have the honor of going into that holy of holies. And guess what? This year... Zachariah's number came up. It was his number. He came up and they said to him, Zacharias, you're the one who's going to walk into the Holy of Holies this year. Can you imagine the joy and the excitement that was in Zacharias' spirit? Huh? He probably forgot all about the prayers of... of, of he probably... I don't know if he can, still prayed... For God to give him a child at that age, but he, those prayers had gone up, and now he's filled with excitement about being the one chosen to walk into that holy place, into the Holy of Holies, huh? And he was going up to the altar of incense to pray, and it says here in verse number 11, and then as he was going in, as he was going in, it says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. Boom, just like that, Gabriel appears to him. Just like, boom. And here he is. And he tells him, your prayer has been heard. He's been praying for many, many years. And now Gabriel stands in his presence and says, Zacharias, the time has come. Your prayer is going to be answered. Your prayer has been heard. Hallelujah. Don't let time erode your faith. Be, keep faith in your prayers. Keep believing in what you pray to God that he heard you. If you believe that God heard you, we believe God that the answer in God's time will come and the answer will be more than we. Could. That's why the Bible says God will do more than you could ever ask or imagine. When you pray, believe God. Not just to answer your prayer, but to do more than you could ever ask or imagine. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we that they were waiting for, who would be filled their lives with wonder. Hallelujah and wonder. And do you think Zacharias was filled with wonder? What? Ha! My prayer is going to be answered now. But he says to him, he says, but the angel said to him. Don't be afraid Zacharias for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. You hear what he's saying? God said to him you're going to have a son and joy and gladness are going to be a uh, are, is going to fill your life. Hallelujah. God wants our lives to be filled with joy and gladness, isn't it? Now the angel Gabriel is talking to him. The angel Gabriel is saying, Zacharias, your life is your prayer is going to be answered and your life's going to be filled with joy and with gladness. Hallelujah. If angel Gabriel appeared to you and said that, what would you say? Woo, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, I believe it, right? Would you, would you rejoice? What would you say if the angel Gabriel appeared to you and says, you're gonna, your wife's gonna have a child and your lives are gonna be filled with joy and with gladness. And it says, and many shall rejoice at his birth. You talk about a party, a rejoicing, the Abraham angel says, many will rejoice at his birth. Hallelujah. Zacharias, I'm telling you, should have been praising God and he should have been just, uh, I mean, he prayed for years and now he's he's in the, he's in that place where he was honored to be. In. And here, angel Gabriel appears to him. And in verse 15, it says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias knew what Gabriel was talking about. Zacharias didn't say to, to Gabriel, huh, what do you mean by what's all these words mean? Zacharias knew the prophecies of God and that the forerunner of of Uh, there would be a forerunner to prepare the way of the Lord. And Gabriel announces to him that your child, this child that God is going to give to Elizabeth, God will fill him from the womb with the Holy Spirit, and he has a purpose and a call for his life. And his life is going to bring you joy and gladness, and many are going to rejoice over his birth, because he's going to be the forerunner of the Messiah of the Christ. Zacharias knew exactly what he was saying. The angel from heaven is saying, Christ, the Savior, the Redeemer is on the way. And John is going to be the one who's going to be with down there, with the trumpet, announcing the way. Make way, the the path of the Lord, make way, a highway for the Lord. What was John doing? And it says he was going to call people to repentance. And he was going to tell them, get yourself ready, the Messiah is coming. Get yourself ready. Repent. Make way. The Lord is on The Savior is on His way. Just think the joy. These people have been waiting for a hundred years, thousand years. They're waiting. And now, Zechariah gets an announcement from Gabriel. The long-awaited Savior is on the way. And John is going to go before Him. Hallelujah. What an honor. What a privilege to have your child be have the hand of God on his life. Do you pray for your children that the hand of the Lord be upon their life and work wonderfully in them? That, Lord, my children are going to bring me joy and gladness. I pray, Lord, my children will serve you. But I will serve you, Lord. I want to serve you. Hallelujah. Pray over your children that they be used by the Lord in a mighty way, that their lives... And so he says, they he will go before the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he was going to call people to repentance because it also says in Malachi that, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord. And Elijah, when Elijah was, was there, Elijah, there was a time in First Kings chapter 19, he believed the Lord, but there was a time when he was all by himself and Elijah said, went, to, went into this little place and he said to the Lord, Oh, Lord, I think I'm the only one left who's serving you, who loves you. Because the world around him seemed so corrupt, he felt like he was the only one left to serve the Lord. And God says, "Hello, Elijah, I want you to get your oil, and I want you to go down, and I want you to anoint this one and that one as key. And he says, by the way, Elijah, I got 7,000 people that are serving me. You are never alone. God has people in this world who are who are truly desirous to serve God and walk with the Lord and that. We're not alone. Sometimes Elijah felt alone. But God said, "My people are all around you, Elijah. I've got people walking with me, believing me, serving me." And so we've got a Walk with the Lord and know that that there's others, that we together are going to walk with the Lord and serve Him. And so John did like Elijah. He went out and was calling people to repentance. What was John saying? He says, ah, get ready. The Messiah's coming, repent. What was John doing in the Jordan? He was baptizing people with with the baptism of what? Of repentance. And he said, there's one. Coming after me, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to 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 tie. He's gonna anoint you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's gonna be the Messiah. He's gonna be the wonderful. He's gonna be the counselor. He's gonna be the mighty God. He's gonna be the Prince of Peace and His kingdom will have no end. Get ready. Prepare yourself. He's on the way. He's on the way. Prepare yourself. How many of you know Jesus is coming again, huh? And the word of God tells us to be ready, to prepare yourself to repent, don't get caught in sin repent, live for the Lord get yourself ready, get prepared so John was telling the people to get ready prepare yourself the church prepares us the Holy Spirit prepares us the word of God prepares us to know that Christ the Savior has come but he, guess what he's coming again but Zechariah said to him how shall I know this for I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Oh, wonderful man of faith. How shall I know this? Questioning Gabriel. Questioning the messenger of God speaking to him. Saying the Lord's going to give your wife a child and you're going to name him John and he's going to go before his people. The hand of the Lord is going to be a palm filled one with the Holy How's this going to be? He doubted the word of God. He doubted. The promises of God. He knew what the Bible says. He prayed for a child. And now Gabriel says, I'm answering that. God is answering that. And Zechariah is saying, huh? This is too hard to believe. How's this going to Zechariah should have been saying, yes, Lord. Praise you. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But what does he say? He doubts him. He doubts Gabriel. How is this going to be? I, I don't know. i got to think about this for a little bit. This is just too hard to believe. I, I I don't know. I'm not sure about this. What do you think about the Word of God? Do you believe it? Is it too hard for you to believe that God loves you, that God wants to bless your life? Is it too hard for you to believe that, that God wants to work good in your life? Is it too hard to believe that that the Lord wants to walk with me and talk with me and work wonderfully in my life? Do you believe it? Do you believe? Are we believers? The Bible says we are believers. And there's so many people, like Zacharias, walking around saying, ah, the Messiah, the Messiah Christ. But they have doubts about the Lord loving them. They have doubts about God providing for them. They have doubts about God working in their lives to bring forth certain things. Don't doubt the Word of God. Take the promises of God to heart reply them to your life with thanksgiving, saying, Father, I will wait for the promises and the blessings over my life. I will wait for your word to be fulfilled in my life. Lord, I believe your word is true. And the, you know, Gabriel says, he says, this is good news. He says in verse 19, And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. Zacharias, I'm giving you good news. I'm not bringing you bad news. I'm bringing you good news. Zacharias, give me a break. How can you question me? How can you question the good news of the Lord to your very heart? Look at me face to face. I'm announcing good news and you're doubting it? Give me a break, Zacharias. I don't know if Gabriel said that to him, but that something like that. Can you imagine Gabriel saying, I come to give you good news. How many of you know the Bible, the gospel is good news? Are you receiving the good news? Or does the good news seem gloomy and doomy to you? The good news should bring you joy and gladness. Thank you for your word over my life, Father. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for Christ in me. Thank you for all your promises to my life and over me. Thank you for the shed blood that washes away all my sins. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that gives me new life and strength and ability in you. Thank you, Lord. Ah, we should be saying thank you that you enable me to live for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But he wanted a sign. And Gabriel says, but behold, you'll be mute. You'll be, you'll, you won't be able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in its own time. Zacharias. Did God love Zacharias? Yes, he did. Does it God chose Zacharias and Elizabeth for a great honor, a great honor to bear and to bring forth the forerunner of Christ the Messiah, to bring forth John the Baptist who will make the way, prepare the way for the Lord. What great honor that is. God bestowed upon Zachariah and was announcing to him great news and something great. What an honor. And Zacharias, rather than saying, Oh, Father, blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, Huh? How could this be? And Gabriel says it. How do we know he doubted? Because Gabriel says it. Because you doubted my words, Zacharias. People, God loves you. God's got a good future and a hope for you. Don't doubt his word. This is what we can learn from Zacharias here, is that God loves Zacharias. God didn't hate him. God didn't give up on him. And God... God just was announcing him good news and God has got a good plan for your life. Don't give up on the future and the plans that God has for your life. Keep confessing over yourself. Father, you've got a good future and a good hope for me. You've got a good purpose for me in the household of God, in the household of faith. You've got a good work for me to do for your glory and for your name's sake. And whatever it is you call me to do, whatever it is you ask me to do, yes, Lord, I will do it with joy and gladness and honor unto your name. I will honor you, Father, for the what you're doing in my life, whatever it might be. Hallelujah. And then when it came time, you see, Zacharias was unable to talk And he had a lot of time to think about that engagement with Gabriel. He had a lot of time to think about the words and the the way he responded. God gives us time. God is patient with us. God always wants us to learn for our good. Amen? For our good. God doesn't want to have to have things happen to us because we're just too hard-headed to get it. God says, "Just believe me. Be a believer. Believe my word. Say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And I will work wonderfully." But in those in those months where where it took nine months, to get, you know, for John to come, and so in those nine months, Zacharias had a lot to think about, didn't he? But when it came time to to bring forth, when John was born. In those days, your your child was named by, uh, uh, after your father or someone in your family. And so, when when Zachariah he couldn't talk, but when when Elizabeth gave birth, they said, "What's his name going to be? Zachariah? Zachariah Junior?" And the people were expecting this. And uh, and Elizabeth says, "No, his name shall be called John." And the Bible says the people went to Zacharias and say. Hey, Zacharias, you hear what Elizabeth is saying there? He's going to be named John. You, nobody in your family named John. Now, John was a popular name. Nothing wrong with John. But he should be named Zacharias. They gave him a little tablet. And he, they said, Zacharias, write down the name of your child. And he said, his name is, not shall be, his name is John. Why? Because Gabriel says, his name shall be John. And, and Zechariah says, his name is John. Because he's separated for the work of the Lord. Gabriel told me that his life is dedicated and for, for the Lord. His name is John. And when, when he was born, Zachariah was able to sing, was able to speak, was able to once again declare the wonders uh, of God's God's great working in his life. Praise God. And the Bible tells us as we go through those verses that He, that the Savior has come, that we might worship the Lord God, the Lord of our fathers. Hallelujah. You see in verse 67, it says, Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. You see, when the child was born, the Holy Spirit even came upon Zacharias because of the great scope, the great honor and privilege that God had for Zacharias and Elizabeth. They waited for many years. People must have been mocking. People must have been saying things about them. But they knew that in their heart they were walking with the Lord. They couldn't understand why God didn't answer their prayers sooner, why God didn't answer their prayers when they wanted it. But God had a greater plan in store for them. How do you know God has a great plan in store for you? Greater than what you can even think. You might think God is going to use you one way, but God said, if you just wait on me, I'm going to use you in a greater way than you could ever imagine or expect. You see, God goes beyond our expectations. God does more than we could ever ask or imagine. God delights in that. God delights in, in telling us that I will do more than you will ever ask or imagine because I'm a great God, I'm a wonderful, I'm filled with wonder. God will fill your life with wonder. You'll wonder, how could you allow me to to be in this place of service? How could you allow me to to do this wonderful thing for you? Because I'm God. He's wonderful. Brandon, God's going to do more than you can ever think. Every one of you in here, God is going to do more than you can. He's a God of wonder. Wait on the Lord. In His time, God will manifest the right thing at the right time and open the right door at the right time. Not in our timing, in God's timing. Look how we honor Zachariah and Elizabeth. You see, they had a, they had a play, they had a thing to do. John was going to go and announce the coming of the Messiah. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 24, 14, and the gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ will come again. The Bible says, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. The prophecies of the word of God are not over yet. The Bible prophesied that the Messiah would come to save us of our sins. You see, they were waiting for the Messiah to deliver them from the kingdoms of this world. But God said, first, the Messiah will cleanse you of your sin and bring righteousness into your life. And then, one day, beyond that, He's going to return again, come again, when He's going to deliver us from the kingdoms of this world. The Bible tells us there's the day when the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God, and He will rule and reign forever. The Bible says, look up. Jesus said, the angel said, you see this Jesus ascending? Just as He ascended, so will He come again. In the clouds of glory you will see the Son of Man. You will see the heavens open like a scroll and you'll see the Son of Man come on a horse and on his vesture will be word of God, faithful and true. And he will take all those who are ready to be with him like the ten virgins. Be ready. Be ready. Have your lamps filled with oil. The prophecies are not over yet. We are still living like they did in the time waiting for the Messiah for the Savior. The Bible tells us now continue to wait and look up and be ready for Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. He shall return. Don't waste your days and times living in the filth of this world. Don't engage with the things of this world. Live unto God. Live unto Christ. He's coming again. We don't know when, but one day the trumpet will sound and there he will be to take all those. The Bible says in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye, be ready, be ready. The Lord, you know not when, be Be ready. The Lord will catch you up to be with Him for eternity. And guess what? There'll be no more sin, no more sickness, no more death, no more dying. When we're raptured with the Lord, that's going to be it. We're going to be with Him for eternity in a kingdom that never ends. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's what we proclaim as a church. That's the Word of God to us. Be ready. Be ready. Be prepared. He's coming again. Believe it. Be a believer. Don't let the things of this world, don't let the situations and circumstances wane your faith or erode your faith or diminish your faith. Encourage one another. Encourage one another to live for the Lord, to believe. Encourage one another to keep looking up. Encourage one another to let's hold on to the promises of God. Let's believe God's Word. He's coming again. Hallelujah. Do you believe? Do you believe? He's coming again. Do you believe the promises of God? Do you believe the word of God? And so Zacharias is an example to us. God loved him. And God says, your son is going to prepare the way for the Messiah. But when Christ came, Christ tells us to prepare the way. Church, for believers to prepare the way. He's coming again. Hallelujah. What a glorious day. He will fulfill the promise that he has spoken. He will come again. We don't know when, like a thief in the night, we don't know when, but he's coming. Be ready. Be prepared. Be prepared. Stay in relationship with Jesus Christ. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Believe the word of God. Listen to the Word of God when it's preached. Listen to it in Sunday school. Listen to it as you read and meditate it. Let it speak to your heart. Praise God. Learn to praise the Lord. Learn to worship the Lord because He's coming again and He is worthy of all glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning as we close in prayer.